This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. The 2019 Game Awards are in the book. And look, this is like our version of the Oscars or the Emmys or the Grammys. We're going to break down all the winners, but not just the winners. There were tons of exciting announcements going on at this year's Game Awards. Welcome to Checkpoint XP. My name's Nate Bender. So glad to have you along. Coming up today on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check out who nailed it and failed it this week in the world of gaming. Plus, we're giving away an epic reset spawn gaming chair and you're going to find out who's walking away with that chair today on the show plus we're going to go over our games of the year and predictions for next year's game of the year those conversations coming up today on checkpoint xp But we start today with the Game Awards. The Game Awards are in the books. And like I said, this is like the the Emmys. This is like the Grammys. It was a fantastic show, too. It, exactly. And, and that's what I really want to kind of concentrate on here, at least at first, is that, you know, we, we hear that video gaming needs to grow up, that it needs to kind of come into the world of the rest of media. And I think a really big way that that happens is through... Shows like the Game Awards, and I I don't know if it's quite there yet, but it is almost at the prestige level internally inside of the video game world that maybe the Grammys are inside of the it, music it's, world. It's very close. You're right. It's, it's on the cusp. The thing is, is that Jeff Keighley, the, this is his brainchild. He's been doing this for the past five years. And previously, it did feel like a sideshow. But this it is did. really the first time where I felt like it, he's gone out of his way as a showmaker to turn this into more of a spectacle. And by opening the show up with Churches and a song from uh, Death Strand, I think was absolutely awesome and oh, that yeah. performance was stellar. I don't just love this song. I love the fact that she was decked out like one of the characters oh, from like Death Higgs Stranding. From the game. Absolutely. Yeah. It, this was so moving. I was driving when this was happening. I had to pull over because I was weeping. <laughs> like, that is real. That is real. I love this song. I love Churches. Churches actually performed a couple of years ago at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. And I was hugely critical of Churches being there because while I love the I band. Remember, I remember that. While yeah. I love the band, I do. I really love their music. I did not understand what their connection to video games was. Now, this year, with them making the epic soundtrack along with Hideo Kojima to Death Stranding, their reason for being there made all the sense in the world. The one that didn't make sense this year was another one of my favorites, Green Day. Okay, now this may be a little unfair on my part because they did open their little two-song set with Welcome to Paradise, which was a great little throwback. Green Day is one of my all-time favorite bands of all time. I mean, but my first favorite band when I was growing up. I hate this song. (laughs) I hate this song. I do not understand why Billy Joe Armstrong uh, wrote a song that he can't 
pull he can't the key. Sing. He can't but, pull the key off. Why? So, but here's the thing: is that it, it it did what it was supposed to do because I was watching the game awards and my girlfriend runs out of the bedroom and goes, "Oh my god, Green Day!" And that's what it was supposed to do. Okay, I, listen, I understand that, but the big problem I have here is that last year the video game awards went very far out of their way to be supportive of people, specifically music artists that were actually working inside of the video game industry. We didn't get any of that this year. We got a lot of glitz and glam in Hollywood and special appearances by Vin Diesel, but we didn't get a whole lot of the video game industry itself here in the awards, and I thought that was what was missing most. I mean, you feel that way? I thought we got a ton, because we got like 8,000 trailers uh, during the video game awards, and I was really excited about that, because not Some great only- announcements, man. Great announcements. Yeah. Dude, like we got two games from Riot based in the League of Legends universe. You're not wrong. A turn-based RPG, my guy? I know, yeah. That's going to be huge. And if you're unfamiliar with that, basically take Final Fantasy and League of Legends and throw them together. I'm here for it. Yeah. It looks pretty fantastic. Uh, also, we had, uh, of course, Reggie Fieldsme, and I know I just kind of beat up the Game Awards a little bit for not having enough organic, you know, people from the, the video game industry, but he came out and, and made a really touching speech. But most importantly, video games continue to innovate, not only as entertainment, but also into areas far more profound. Experiences with their foundation in video game technology are being used to help surgeons practice before a difficult procedure and to enable college students to simulate business situations and develop real-world skills. I may no longer be an executive in this industry, but I'll always be an ambassador for video games as a force for good and a force for fun. Man, every time, every time Reggie talks, it always gets right there at the fields. It makes me really proud to be a part of the video game media space. Reggie, you know? you're the executive of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. It's time now for the Checkpoint XP Close Shave of the Week. We're going to get to the winners here in just a second. And this week's Close Shave goes to... Stay close to the heat. Close shave. Turn up. on Checkpoint XP. All right, well, it's time now for Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week. And this week's Close Shave goes to Mouse Sports Gaming in their latest CSGO tournament finals. Mouse won Map 1 with their stand-in for the tournament, Naito Sapphics. And then their coach, Regin, had to jump in for Maps 2 and 3 for Kerrigan, a star player who had left the tournament early to get his visa sorted for Epicenter. After losing Map 2 by a score of 16-1, to ouch, Mouse Sports came back to clutch the final round that allowed them to win with a stand-in and a coach playing on the team. Chris J's going to hold it. No, Frozen's going first. Oh, oh my God. Chris J's flashes look oh, good. He hit him, he hit oh, he hurts it, it. He knows Hunter's yeah, in the smoke. Oh. Chills. Rops has already drawn first blood Jesus, and that's so going to be the perk. Brown holes. Oh, that, that One low. more frag. Frozen can find it. That's a big advantage and Chris J's stands in there. It's going to happen, man. Mouse boards are going to do it. With a coach! Oh my and god! With a oh, oh, I can't oh believe god. it! Oh. Check out Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week at our website, CheckpointXP.com. 
This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and Gaming Radio. So we're talking about the 2019 Video Game Awards and a, a mostly successful award show ceremony. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, they had some really great moments in there, but we got to talk about the winners. That's right. And I Who think walked the- away with that, uh, as, as I'm told, very heavy trophy? <laughs> well, I think we should start with the big one. That's Game of the Year. Which I think was an upset for most people. Totally. This was this was shocking. This was a stacked category: Control, Death Stranding, the Resident Evil Two remake, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, The Outer Worlds. Now, the if Hero, I was hearing that there was going to be riots if Death Stranding won. Really? Because people honestly believe that the relationship between Keely and Keely Kojima and are Come so on. close that it wouldn't have been fair. Well, it doesn't matter. They didn't win. It was actually Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. That walked away with this one. Shocking. Here, here's it, it's shocking, it but in a way, I'm really happy that it won because From Software is one of those you know game developers that is unapologetic about the type of video games that they make. Yep. And you know Sekiro, in the same way Dark Souls and Bloodborne is, it's a gamer's quote unquote. It's a gamer's game. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest winner of the night though was Disco Elysium. They actually took home five awards. Fresh Indie Game, Games for Impact, Independent Game, Best Role-Playing Game, and Best Narrative. Congratulations to them. This got on my radar in a big way. Uh, I I was not up on Disco Elysium, but after... Uh, the award show ceremony. Yeah, five I, reasons to try it now. Absolutely, yeah, it's like the game. It's like the movie that wins the Oscars that nobody sees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Death Stranding also did actually do very well. Uh, they won for best score in music, uh, best performance by Mads Mikkelsen, and best game direction. Deserved. Now, I, I absolutely uh, best score in music, hands down. Uh, you know, low roar and churches mm-hmm. made up a lot of that soundtrack, and it was an. It was a great soundtrack. I loved every moment in the game where the music started, you know, started playing. And it was, and it was planned at these very yes. sort of solemn and peaceful moments. Yes. And, and it evoked a lot of emotion. And I thought that was really cool. But the performance by Matt Mickelson in, in Death Stranding yes. is just nuts. Yeah, you're right. It's really good. Absolutely. Devil May Cry 5 ran away with best action game. Do it, Robbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull my devil trigger. Yeah, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. It just resigns. Just do it. Yep. I don't even care anymore. Just do it. Uh, Secure also getting uh, best action adventure game as well, which makes sense if you're going to take home you Again, know, game of the year. another stacked category. You're going up against Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Death Stranding, Control, and Borderlands 3, and Sekiro walks away with that? That's impressive, again, for a game that came out so early Last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I'd have been really upset if Control wouldn't have went home with at least one award. They did manage to grab Art Direction, which probably out of all that they were nominated for, I think is probably the most deserved. Still also a very tough category oh, with yes. something like Death Stranding and Gris in there. Mm-hmm. All right, we are an eSports show, so we got to right. talk about the eSports categories. Uh, best coach goes to Zonica, who uh, is coach for Astralis. They bounced uh, back this year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, eSports event, League of Legends Worlds, of course. That's a no-brainer. No-brainer. They uh, also walked home with eSports Game of the Year. Double duh. I, I actually think that during this year, uh, Riot supported League much better than Blizzard supported Overwatch. I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, eSports Host of the Year goes to Shox. Uh, eSports Player goes to Booga, who, eh. of course, eh, I was a little let down by that one, but yeah. I mean, he was $3 million dollars and was on Fallon, was on Late Night. I Come on, it. the kid deserves it. I get it. it. All right, well, listen, we've got to hear from you on this. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP 
on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we are giving away an awesome gaming chair from Respawn. But ahead next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. Three big players in the OWL retire. We'll let you know who it is. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening out in Nashville on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR 560 AM and 103.9 FM, as well as ESPN Sports 1300 in Lexington, Kentucky. Still ahead here on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with all the action out at Capcom Cup. We've got to find out who nailed it and failed it this week. Plus, we're going to be announcing the winners for our respawn gaming chair contest those conversations ahead here today on checkpoint xp but first Following the most recent Olympic summit, the Olympic Committee has once again updated their stance on esports. The committee said that while video games could be considered sports, they are not ready to embrace games unless they are emulating traditional sports. Instead, they encourage esports stars to participate in and embrace traditional sports to build healthier habits. Uh. Three things with this. <laughs> Three things with this. Number one, that last statement is. That's a, such a backhanded. A oh. All right, and it's so completely not garbage. necessary. Number two is I understand the decision for them to go with uh, electronic versions of actual sports as a way to sort of funnel into the Olympics. Third of all, I also think that esports was going to have an issue considering there's some depictions of violence in a lot of esports, even sure. though you have quote unquote combat sports in the Olympics. I think that there's still a a level of uh, of imagery that the Olympics was having an issue with with certain esports. So I get it, but the last comment is just absolutely not necessary. Right? Like why why you got to rub dirt in the wound? Come on, man. The Overwatch League offseason is finally starting to calm down as far as trades and pickups go, but the other side of the offseason is the retirement announcement. We've seen three major names step down, including Pine of the New York Excelsior, who's switching to a content creator position, Jake of the Houston Outlaws, who will be joining the caster talent, and Custa of the Los Angeles Valiant, who will be joining the desk talent for the Overwatch League. I mean, these are three great acquisitions, I think, by Blizzard and the Overwatch you know, production mm-hmm. team. They're going to be a big asset in that regard. I think it's smart, too. Pine wasn't getting a lot of playtime. Jake, you know, the meta has shifted, and he was underused in Custa. Nobody was... Uh, the Valiant weren't going to pay Custa what Custa is worth, in my opinion. That's fair. And so, I think it's... I agree. I think it's a good move for all three of them. Yeah, I agree. Former NBA star and former Echo Fox owner Rick Fox has recently gone on record saying that League of Legends would soon eclipse the Super Bowl due to its inherently global nature. The League of Legends World Finals between Fun Plus Phoenix and G2 Esports shattered Twitch's streaming records formerly held by the Fortnite Black Hole event. You mean the Superb Owl. Yes, right. Exactly. Uh, Here's the thing is I I agree with what Rick is saying here. It's going to take a couple of years, but I think really where you see it 
is the the you know the halftime show versus the, the opening, uh, the ceremony. opening ceremonies well, for on worlds. top of the fact that you know if China's tuning in, I mean they're shattering records there all by themselves. I mean, but the fact that a hundred million unique viewers yeah. watched the opening ceremony and the finals for Worlds of League of Legends, it's kind of already there in terms of being on the same level. Yeah, I, I think it's what it's going to take is it's going to take that you know move to the mainstream where people young and old, not just young people, are really up on what's going on in the world of League of Legends. The Video Game Awards may have just wrapped up, but the ESPN Esports Awards are just getting underway. You'll be forgiven if you didn't know because the extent of the ESPN Esports Award is being handled online. The winners will be voted on and announced online at ESPN.com throughout the week. Uh, do you guys think that this is a good move for ESPN? Because <laughs> no. they've done a couple of different, you know, like uh, ro- sort of like roster focused shows, uh, you know, mo- most recently. I just think that this doesn't do enough to sort of like if if the esports awards are out there and you've got the Tempest Awards the and now you've got the awards. video game awards, right? Exactly. I, don't you want to try to play on their level and not just kind of play second fiddle? If anyone has the ability to bring the real prestige to esports awards, it's it ESPN. Would be ESPN, and exactly. instead you've created a BuzzFeed article about it. Thank you. Uh, DreamHack results are in, and the major one that we have to look here is North defeating Crazy in the CSGO Finals. Two maps to one. The two teams faced off early in the tournament in pool play, with North coming out on top in pool play, and Crazy winning during the winner's map. And, and the big question that I have here is, you know, these aren't two names that I normally see in the CSGO uh, scene. Uh, Rick, I'm going to have to defer to you. Where Where's our Team Liquids and our Astralis at, man? Uh, playing real games. And oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, the, the big issue comes from... Are you sure you're our CSGO fan in the room? Yeah, because it's just... <laughs> A lot of this stuff is open tournaments, and I I appreciate the teams that come out and play, but it just it's like watching G League summer games because I just Ooh. I get uh you know if they play in the map game or the map pools and then they come and it's the finals and just nobody talks about it it it's not doing anything because winning a DreamHack isn't even a ticket punch to go to the ESL leagues. Yeah. You're not going and being able to get on the big boy stage just because you play. So I don't... It's tough because this is... DreamHack is such a big event series. They're huge events with all kinds of things happening, but what's the cachet? What's the payoff? Right. When you're when you're operating sort of in tandem to what is considered the main league, how are you able to market yourself to have any kind of talent coming in the door? If you don't play any of those teams. You're exactly. not playing any big boy teams. So, like, <laughs> being the champion... Of, you it's know, like the, being the tallest midget. Yes, it, it's not going to really... <laughs> Little like, person, It's Norris. not going to give you that long-term wow factor that you're getting a call to promote your CSGO team. Yeah. PUBG Esports is making a big play into the mobile esports market next year, and we may have a better idea of why. According to a report by Sensor Tower, the hit mobile game generated $1.5 billion wow. in global revenue, $1.3 billion of which happened in 2019 alone and China accounted for 46% despite the game launching late. Hold on. And, and Nate and I have had many conversations and arguments about the mobile market. Shut up, Nate. Okay? I didn't because even say the, anything no, yet. Because the mobile market clearly is generating 
billions of dollars for a game that, for all intents and purposes in America, is floundering. I, it is all but dead. Listen, I understand that, but if you took that same pr- piece of programming, that same software, and you ported it over to the Switch, what is lost? What's lost? I mean, basically, you get a better game at the other end of Why it. Why spend the money porting when I'm getting billions of dollars on mobile? On what the- kind of money does it take to port? Then you have an entirely new revenue source, Switch users, bringing in how many more billions also of dollars? Also got to pay devs now. So, no, I'm getting count my billions on the mobile market. That's all for the Checkpoint XP eSports gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. This past weekend saw the culmination of the Rocket League Championship Series Season 8 in Madrid, Spain, which crowded NRG, the World Championships. This winning play, this winning call was absolutely incredible. Let's take a listen. Great play to this corner. Very pain. He's got past two players. Looks for a buff. Garrett G clears left. Justin! Wow. That's brilliant. And if you'd have told me if that was a, you know, a European soccer stadium. Totally. I believe it. I would have believed you. Did you hear how hyped that crowd is? They were losing their minds. Now set the stage. What was going on here in the finals? Because this wasn't your average finals. No, this was an amazing set. Seven game series between NRG and Reino Vitality. Last year's champions. Last year's champions, a European team versus a North American team. NRG went out and signed Turbo Pulsa, who was like the guy in Rocket League, three-time champion before this match. They go in, bring him in, and they go back and forth. And I mean, the, the series is replete with these kinds of clips of just big-time plays, demolitions, great passing. It, it was a brilliant to watch. Which, by the way, you can catch all of those clips over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Now, it's also important to note here, too, that NRG has been in the RLCS all eight seasons. They were in the championship one other time in Season 5, where they lost by one goal in Game 5. And this was uh, Garrett G, uh, who's been on NRG, NRG every single season. First time he's been able to take home the championship here. He was actually quoted as saying, I'm not going to ever retire. I'm going to be 40 and still play if I can. I'm going to be chasing this feeling forever. Wow, what a quote there. I love hearing the confidence. I love hearing uh, how this game has evolved. I mean, you know, we've we've gone out to a couple of different tournaments, uh, you know, in the past. And listen, Rocket League can be hugely infectious. It's such a fun game to watch. And uh, huge congratulations, Scott, to NRG. Yeah, for sure. And if you ever want to see, you know, esports in terms of fan participation, atmosphere, competitiveness, competitiveness, all that stuff, all you have to do is watch a Rocket League Championship Series final, and you will get it. Another you, thing, it will make sense. Another thing to note too is that their viewership peaked at almost three hundred thousand, which fantastic. is rivaling like the Overwatch League. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really that's that's a great point, and Norris to kind of echo your point too. If you're looking for a a way into esports, something that you can understand just by looking at it, yes. it's cars and soccer. Super easy to understand. 
Rocket League is maybe the game for you to check out Mm -hmm. for you to really start understanding the appeal of esports. And that clip, you can hear it in that clip. You can feel it in your chest in that clip. Well, listen, we want to hear from you. Were you watching the RLCS Season 8 Finals? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to crown our game of the year. Plus, we've got to break down all of the exciting action out at Capcom Cup. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Ready. That. Go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Capcom Cup, Street Fighter V's finest in action over the weekend. We'll give you all the results here in just a moment. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Want to thank everyone listening out in Indiana on 1220 and 97.9 WSLM in Salem and WSBT. 960 in South Bend. You've been asking for it, and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and low team damage. Plus, we've got a whole bunch of Dungeons and Dragons inspired merch, which makes a perfect gift for the nerd in your life. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. Capcom Cup, man, is in the book, and the action was hot. Oh, man, we've got to talk about the tournaments that went down at Capcom Cup. Yeah, so uh, if you are unfamiliar, Capcom Cup is the year-end celebration and tournament for uh, Street Fighter, Street Fighter V in particular. It is uh, a year-long sort of tourney where you accrue points, and if you get enough points, you make it to the Capcom Cup final bracket. Now, Capcom Cup has actually kind of grown over the last couple of years. It's been a great tournament space, but it's also now become a space for Capcom to make upcoming announcements about the future of their games and the future of their tournament series. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but... I was so excited for Capcom Cup because one of my all-time favorites, my stand, Kenny Omega, was the one who was emceeing the event. Yeah. It, it was it was absolutely amazing, and Kenny Omega is a huge fighting game he fan, is. particularly for Street Fighter V, and uh, he had a lot of fun with it. As a matter of fact, he ended up uh, super kicking the game director of Street Fighter V, Yoshinori Ono. That, that's fine. That's understandable. I mean, he doesn't have to. He's, he's the boss and everything. <laughs> you have no idea how long I've waited to do that. <laughs> Dude, Kenny is the man, and I just love uh, every time that video games and wrestling kind of co-mingle. It happened, it started really with CEO, the event down in Daytona, Florida. That's right. But it's now started to happen other places, and to see Kenny up there on stage and getting into it, it, I think that there's no better ambassador for this, maybe outside of Xavier Woods, that could have done this. No, I agree, and I think it was totally on brand, but you mentioned something about tournaments. Yes. And I think that's multiple multiple tournaments. And so here's the thing. There's three events that took place at this year's Capcom Cup. The first obviously is the last chance qualifier. That is if you have no points (laughs) (laughs) and you want to be the guy that just sneaks in, you could participate in the last chance qualifier and make it into that final bracket 
uh, if you win that tournament. But that's not the only tournament that was in action. We also had the Street Fighter League Finals. This is the 3v3 league. Three players yes. versus another three players. And uh, it, it's that tournament was amazing. Yeah, it is. And that one's really complicated. You can ban certain characters and, you know, shield certain characters so they can't be banned. It's really, really intricate. But if you're somebody who is kind of like a true blue esports fan... That's something that's made for you because it combines a lot of really cool things from different genres into the Street Fighter sort of format. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we had looked at uh, Street Fighter League as, you know, how is this going to end up changing fighting games overall? I don't know that it has, but it's been a nice sideshow to the rest of the, you know, like grand tournament for the Capcom Cup. It really is. And that tournament eventually was won by uh, Japan's representatives team, Scarlet. Uh, They beat out a U.S. team, a team game. And they were able to walk away with that check. A little climb, Mr. Shine. I feel like a hit will do so much for him. Oh, I can't believe he didn't hit. Oh, that hit because he did not. And Team Scarlet are your Street Fighter League World Champions. All right, a lot more action we got to talk about at Capcom Cup. But first, it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. On Checkpoint XP Radio. Today's Nailed It comes to us. It's an actual friend of the show, someone we've had on the show multiple times. Zach Weigel from Gamers Outreach was honored recently by CNN Heroes. Thank you. Last year, I had the honor of meeting Grant Hopkins, who you saw in this video. He was full of energy and a big fan of LEGO video games. I was saddened to learn Grant passed away a few days ago from cancer. He was a special guy and loved dearly by his family and friends. Kids like Grant are the reason I'm so dedicated to this cause. In the midst of hard times, they deserve a chance to be themselves. It's my belief games represent an opportunity for us to connect with each other through activity and story. The kids we're working with have few other outlets, but thankfully gamers are here to help. I'd like to dedicate this award to all the children and families and hospitals around the world and all the gamers making a difference in people's lives. You're my heroes. Thank you so much. Make sure you check out Gamers Outreach at their website, gamersoutreach.com. And stick around because next hour we're going to find out who epically failed it. And as always, you can find Nailed It and Failed It over at our website, checkpointxp.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com All right, so we're currently talking about the Capcom Cup, the big tournament that goes down every year for Capcom games, specifically Street Fighter V. Grand Finals action was epic. There was a big bracket, but in the end, it whittled down to two competitors from North America. Obviously, we've got Punk, who is the number one favorite to go home with the with the, the Capcom Cup, but then we also had IDOM, who ended up rolling through a lot of these brackets and met Punk in the finals. Yeah, and here's the thing. Punk has been the heir apparent uh, to Street Fighter V for the better part of a couple years. Um, everybody pretty much assumed that he would be the guy to be, and it panned out that way. But Justin Wong, his name dropped him multiple times. Yes, Punk came up against Idom, and Idom is a very unique case because Idom is a guy. He rarely travels outside of New York, his hometown. He has no sponsors. He paid for himself yes. to go out to LA to participate in the Capcom Cup, and he ends up running all the way to Grand Finals. So this already 
is a story in and of itself. But he meets Punk in Winners Finals, and Punk does what Punk does, and knocks him down to losers, doesn't really sweat it. Idom going home, a full reset, resets the bracket, and takes Punk out. And this is notable because Punk has been there at his locals, kind of gatekeeping mm-hmm. Idom. Yeah, he's been beating him at, at, at every tournament that these two have been at. And another thing is Idom goes in at the 26th seed yes. out of 28. He literally can only get two spots lower and ends up walking away with 250 grand. But why can't Punk get it together when it comes to the finals of a big tournament like this? I don't know, man. I really can't figure it out. And it seems like, you know, Evo and Capcom Cup are his two boogeymen. Like, he can't get that off his back. I'm interested to see what his character's doing in 2020. Listen, we want to hear from you. Were you watching the Capcom Cup action over the weekend? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. And Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update. That's ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. But coming up next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to decide our game of the year. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date Calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are currently on break, but they'll be back in early 2020. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while the Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. Wrapping up the esports year will be Epicenter 2019 in Moscow. That'll be running from December 17th through the 22nd. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with DreamHack League Season 13, running from January 18th through the 26th. Battle Royales are actually on an extended holiday break. They'll be returning to action with DreamHack Anaheim. That starts in mid-February. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Well, now that you've heard who's won Game of the Year according to the Game Awards, it's time to find out who Checkpoint XP has picked to be the Game of the Year. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. You've been asking for it, and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and low team damage. Plus, we've got a brand new shirt and hoodie that's available for a limited time this holiday season. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. 
game of the year. This can be an awfully contentious conversation <laughs> when it comes up, but there can only there also can only be one winner, except for when you have multiple organizations like ours throwing their opinion out yeah. there as now, well. Now, so now I do have to say, to, yeah, we've got to choose our game of the year officially for checkpoint. And, and this was this was a great year, by the way. Like it, even in recent memory, there was a lot of really fantastic games. That came out this year, uh, but unfortunately, I'm going to put mine in in probably an obvious place. I know but, where it's, uh, I yeah, know what's it, happening. It was Control. That it was the only game throughout the year that that held my attention unbroken. So basically, from from start to finish. And even as weird as it was, there's been some weird games. Because X-Files the game. Weird Control. game, right? But still, n- nothing this year was anything like it, man. Yeah. And on top of that, they have a solid DLC plan coming out. In fact, I'm going to be going home and playing some trials here very soon. And then coming in March, The Expanse. I mean, listen. Or the con- foundation. Control. Whatever it's called. It's weird, man. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, uh, Control was one of those games that it, it had landed on my radar, but when it finally came out, it fell off. And, and it may have had to do with being an Epic Store exclusive at that particular time. Um, so I, st- I, I can't say that I've experienced Control, even though, Robbie, you have recommended it to me at length. Uh, so it is a game that I do intend to play. I'm, I'm glad I recognize that I came its quality. It first, because had you recommended it to me, knowing your taste, I you would have never played it. Played it. I never <laughs> would have never played it. it. <laughs> if I didn't see it for myself, and Nate would have been like, I really liked it. Like, okay, cool. Make sure I yeah. never, it's a, it's ever a, touch it. It's a Nate game. I get it. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Control, a very good nominee. Uh, I'm not sure that I, I, can, I can agree with it, but uh, I, it's one that has definitely piqued my interest for sure. Yeah. Uh, Norris, what about you? I think the the answer for me is is obvious and I think it should be obvious to everybody else and that's Smash Ultimate. It's hard to it's argue. A, it's a game that has something like an 80% saturation rate on the, on the Switch. Basically, if you own a Switch, you own Smash Ultimate. Finally supplanted Melee it's, in the competitive it's, community. It's supplanted Melee. It's basically a giant fan fiction put into a game. Sakurai is still chained to his desk as we speak, making even more characters. With all that said, it is still an incredibly fun game to play, period. Right. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Uh, the, the mechanics of Smash Ultimate uh, are there, and, and it's a worthy successor Everybody of Everybody in this room owns Smash. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's pretty impressive right uh, right there. Rick, what about you? What is, uh, what's your pick for Game of the Year? My Game of the Year, Sekiro. And here, uh, really? Fine. That's fine, but here's the way, is that uh, I felt like... The- <laughs> what are you, the Mandalorian? That is the way. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Too many people were hating on Souls games, I think. Honestly, it became kind of a tired, stale... Who's like, hating on Souls games? A lot of people, I think, just um, it, for for context, like a Souls game became the buzzword of when a, a publisher was getting a new game. It's, go, it's Souls-ish. It's Souls-like. It was it's, like roguelike for, Yeah, for it's a, a, it, it became a popular buzzword. Like, that's the thing. I think it actually, like, Dark Souls elevated that genre 
and and Sekiro just still kind of operates within it. But you've got so many others, you know, other games that that have taken but influence from that. There's still a cadre of gamers that will gatekeep based on Souls games. Yes, yeah, that are like, okay. you are not a good gamer. You're not a real gamer unless you've beat a Souls game. And, and and there and on the other side of that too, there are also gamers who hear Souls like or from you know from and software and they check out and they yeah. yeah they're done. They just know that that's not for them. So okay, I could see that. And I I just also really liked the aesthetic that was placed into it. You know, too often I feel like games don't pay enough attention to creating like that world when it's just how hard can you make the game? Uh, I sort of feel like Feudal Japan has been a very common setting for a whole lot of games. But not a game that hard! Stop it anytime soon. I get the last pick here and my pick is Death Stranding. Of course. Um, I It's it's hard to find uh, a game that has more attention to detail um, that is as uh, enigmatic and interesting uh, as Death Stranding is, it's a it's a game that I am enjoying, uh, still playing. I'm taking my time with it, and and sort of like a you know a really good meal, just really savoring every moment that I have with that game. Uh, so I don't know that we have to come to some sort of consensus. I don't here. think we will. No, so, I, so I, we're just digging. The in answer our heels. is Smash. Uh, I don't the know. answer is Smash. I don't know how you can say that, Norris. You're a huge Death Stranding fan. I am, but Smash did better than Death Stranding, and on top of that. Everybody loves it. All right. Well, we're clearly we're not going to come to a consensus, but those are at least our picks for Game of the Year this year. You're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. And listen, I know you've been asking for it, and we've finally started listening. You keep telling us that you want to talk on the air with myself, Norris, and Robbie. Guess what? Super easy to do. All you have to do is head on over to any of our social media pages, Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, and send us a direct message. Sound off on your favorite video games, esports news of your favorite team, or just to say what's up. Check it out. CheckpointXP.com Alright, so looking forward right like future we're gonna do a little bit of future casting here uh i want to ask you guys what you think next year's game of the year contenders are going to be we know some of the games that are going to be coming out obviously we don't know everything but since i went last last time i'm gonna go first this time I think next year is going to be the year of Cyberpunk 2077. It is. <laughs> this this game is huge. It's massive. We found out at the Game Awards just some of the names that are going to be attached to the soundtrack. Run the Jewels. Uh, Refused is reuniting to, to do this soundtrack. It uh, will be Samurai, actually, the, one of the titular groups in yeah, that game. I, and I love that. All right, very quickly. Norris. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue with Cyberpunk 2077. But I gotta throw The Last of Us 2 in there Um, If it even comes out If it even comes out But I'm thinking it comes out You know next year And it hits like gangbusters The Last of Us One of the best Of this current gen And The Last of Us 2 Will continue that I'm looking forward to this game I'm just saying I'm just saying We should have had our hands on it already Robbie what about you Man 2020 is going to be A great year Um, If it is successful If it works out the way That they think it's going to And people want it to I think that FF7 remake Is going to be a big one Homer It's low hanging fruit Because that's coming out in March, right? It is, yeah. it is, yeah. So, That's going to be uh, a big it's, one. It's, yeah, uh, undeniable. Rick, what about you? 
Diablo 4. I think Blizzard Ooh. Blizzard knows. <laughs> they they both that's, that's a that's a dark horse candidate right there. And here's why. I believe Blizzard really knows that they dropped the ball with the last Diablo announcement and Diablo 3 was while it was successful not the lifeblood that Not they, a good launch. Yeah. Rick, Rick. We'd take your, uh, I think, opinions a little bit more seriously if you had spelled Sekiro right on our outline. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Diablo 4 is actually a really good candidate here. Um, Blizzard has shown, at least in what they showed off at BlizzCon, that graphically this game is going to be different from 3. It's much more going back to the roots of 2. The horror roots. Yeah, which I think is the best move for this series. They tried to bring more people under the tent with you know their shift to a little bit more cartoony style didn't work all right let's make a game for the diablo diehards i think that's the smartest thing that blizzard could do listen we want to hear from you what do you think is going to make it onto the game of the year nominees next year connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and when you do make sure you use the hashtag xp on air coming up in the next hour of checkpoint xp we're also wrapping up a decade so we're going to talk about our games of the decade but ahead next we're going to check in with robbie over at the checkpoint xp news desk you'll never guess what game is getting a new battle royale mode gaming news is next here on checkpoint xp this is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, Fortnite had an amazing Star Wars crossover event over the weekend, and we just have to talk about it. Plus, we're going to talk about, uh, was it Kotaku's underrated games That's of the decade? The one. And we're going to talk about our own underrated games of the decade. Those conversations ahead here this hour on Checkpoint XP. But first, gaming news update. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. This may seem like an odd statement, but the Video Game Awards wasn't just about the awards. There was also a ton of trailer and announcement reveals as well. Yeah. The biggest of which was Microsoft's Xbox Series X announcement due out holiday 2020 along with, surprise, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. I'm really excited about this. I liked... Uh, Senua's Sacrifice, the mm-hmm. first game mm-hmm. in the series, uh, thought it was an amazing... Out of an indie developer, too. Ninja Theory, yes, yes. Who then ended up becoming acquired by Microsoft and being a part of Microsoft Studios. So this makes a lot of sense. The game looks phenomenal. Yeah, the trailer they show was in-engine, so, you know, that is Microsoft very close. Microsoft is touting that this is more powerful than the PS5 is going to be. Well, Here's it doesn't thing. sound better, okay? <laughs> Here's it the thing. It doesn't. I don't know why Microsoft can't get it together on giving their consoles a normal name. With the size of that box... It looks like a PC! Did anyone else just expect Microsoft to be like, we're giving up the idea of console, we're just making gaming PCs? I thought it was one of those things from Ghostbusters that when you lay it down it traps the ghosts. 
Another trailer released at the Game Awards that has me cautiously optimistic is an announcement out of Wizards of the Coast for Dungeons & Dragons. The trailer showed famous Dungeons & Dragons characters fighting alongside each other as they dispatched undead skeletons in the dead of a wintry night. Being billed as the spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, this game is going to be a multiplayer action RPG. Yes! I love Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. That was one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 2. Uh, I am super excited for this. I cannot wait. Um, more Dungeons and Dragons multiplayer slashing uh, and spellcasting. I, I just wish we would have gotten more than just that samey trailer. Like, it told us nothing except for the fact that it's. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, by the way, make sure that you check out our Dungeons and Dragons inspired merch over at our shop, checkpointxp.com slash shop. Black Desert Online is a very successful, massively multiplayer online role-playing game out of Korea. It started on PC, launched on PS4 and Xbox, and then to mobile in its biggest markets in Japan, Korea, and Taiwan. And now it's out globally for mobile and it looks really let, let me guys, say Guys, I downloaded this on my phone. It looks gorgeous. Listen, I was just playing it earlier today, and, and I was somebody who was already very big on Black Desert. I didn't play it a lot, but I thought it had a lot of a potential. I'm going to put some hours into this on my phone, And, and man. they didn't strip anything out for the no, phone version. It is the game. That's it, insane. It, it's really impressive how much of the original game, uh, you know, lives on in the mobile version. What it, What is not clear? And I haven't cleared this up. I haven't really looked into it, Norris. I don't know if you have either. Are they combined servers with the the PC client? That I don't know, but I can't see that they would be. That seems really problematic. I don't see much of a difference between the PC client and the mobile client, so I don't know. If you thought the boom of Battle Royale game modes was behind us, you'd be wrong. The latest franchise to toss their hat into the ring is Forza 4. Stop it! added a 72-car Battle Royale mode where all drivers race from the edge of the map to a center point before the circle closes in on them. That is so dumb! It's apparently actually very fun. I don't get no. So can you it's shoot like, it's the like, other cars. It's like Road Warriors. No, you can like, you, shoot you like the run other, them off the can bridge. You shoot the other cars. This is Fast and Furious. This is no. Can you stop, but if I don't have a minigun mounted on the top of my car, I don't care. Mm. So explain this to me. It's a Forza is a racing game series. Yes. Well, Forza Four introduced like the cross country type stuff. We basically just go out and drive all across, you know, some European countryside. Basically. So so you start on the outside periphery of a map. And it has a center point that you're racing to, and you're trying to outrace what in other Battle Royale games is termed the storm. And if you, I'm assuming if you destroy your car. If you, if you fall behind in the storm or you destroy your car in some way, boom, you're, you're out. out. Yeah. First one there wins. And it's not like it's all just flat land. There's like rolling hills and roads and sorry. pastures and all that. I'm sorry. Of I didn't hear any miniguns or rocket launchers. Don't care. There's like 74 people on the planet that would care about this. One of the things I think I miss most about gaming growing up before online play got as good as it is now was couch co-op. Yes. Sitting with a friend, playing some split-screen GoldenEye. All that vanished with online play, but it's making a comeback in Fortnite. What? Epic is adding split-screen mode to duos and squads so you can play with friends on the same console. I think this is brilliant. This is great. I I think it's brilliant. I kind of love this. Yeah, I think it's really, really intelligent, especially considering how many kids play it. I think it's a great way to bring people together. You know what this is going to be great for? This is going to be great for multi-sibling homes, right? Like where you have... I've got two little cousins, right? They're brothers, and they are constantly... 
constantly fighting over who gets to have the tablet to the point where they now have their own tablets. This is a really easy way for like, hey, let's play around on the Switch and we'll play split screen. Last week, we talked about how, Psy- how Psionics had finally removed all the loot boxes from their game Rocket League and replaced them with Blueprints, which allows you to buy in one transaction whatever you want. After a week and some backlash about the pricing in the shop, not only has Rocket League cut the prices across the board, they've even refunded the difference if you've already purchased uh, something. Listen, good guy Psionics strikes again, in my opinion. I think people were really kind of over complaining about the prices of certain things you know but the community spoke up they didn't like it they ushered in change so fine you know more power to that community and more power to psionics they about to just make a whole bunch more money now and it doesn't i'm I'm cool with it that's all for the checkpoint xp gaming update for more head on over to our website checkpointxp.com thanks robbie for the update you know what this weekend is it's star wars weekend yes it's finally finally over finally rise of skywalker has hit theaters and uh i'm sure an exciting public is out there uh taking uh to the uh, the screens in mass right now and uh listen as of right now, as of hearing this, none of us in this room has seen Rise of Skywalker. That is true. Yet. That is correct. Uh, this is the very last opportunity that I get to ask this question. Okay? So I'm going to revel in it for just a minute. Okay. What do you hope to see from Rise of Skywalker? I hope to see some sort of of, of resolution as it pertains to Rey and what her character is supposed to be and represent. I need You're talking to, about her lineage. Yes, not just her lineage, mm. but what she is supposed to represent in okay. the same way that Luke is supposed to be a continuation and a rebirth. I feel like Rey needs to have more of a purpose. Right now, she seems to be somebody who uh, has clearly inherited the Force, uh, but I-, I need to know where she comes from and her relation to Kylo Ren, not necessarily a familiar relationship. I am actually the complete opposite of that because what I've loved, especially recently about Star Wars, is how they have been defying expectations, getting the fanboys all riled up about it. I don't want to know who Ray's parents are. I don't think it matters. I hope she is just someone off of some dusty backwater planet. Because the Force is for everyone. Who happens to just be, yeah, amazing at using the Force. And I hope they do not give Kylo a redemption story. You know what I... I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. You know what I'm hoping for? I just really hope that by the time the credits roll at the end of it, there is truly a sense of finality. Yes. Right? To the saga. And you've never... I don't think you've ever gotten that in a Star Wars movie. Never. Right? You always knew, even when in the original trilogy, oh, well, they could go back and do the prequel trilogy. You knew at the end of the prequel trilogy... Yeah, they could still continue doing more. I'm calling more. this now. The Mandalorian is Ray's dad. Wow, that's a bold prediction. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> How? Because one thing that uh, anybody who's kind of followed the Star Wars fandom or people that are fans of Star Wars know that it can be kind of toxic at times. Kind of. Do, uh, hmm. do you believe, and this is just a prediction, will the fan 
praise or backlash. They're going to backlash against it. Yeah. You think it's going to be all negative no, reactions? No, hey, I, 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 got, I got a question. Overwhelmingly so. I have a question. Is a woman in it? Yeah. They'll then they're going to hate it. They're going to hate it. They're going to hate it. Yeah, straight up. Yep. That's see, how I feel. It's, it's the I, same thing we've been getting with The Mandalorian. Yeah. It's, it, anytime a woman appears on screen and is not in distress or in an iron bikini, they <laughs> hate it. So, yeah, they'll hate it. I think normal, logical human beings will think it's really good. I've seen some early sort of predictions about it. But still, those predictions are coming from like well-adjusted human beings, not the toxic depths of the fandom pit. Yes, no, I agree. So I think to answer your question, normal people will like it. Star Wars fans will like it. Die-hard Star Wars fanboys who have nothing else better to do. The the people who self-identify as the fandom. Yes, the people who converted their religion to Jedi on their census day. The people people who try to gatekeep at conventions. Yes, yes. These are the people who will not like this movie. Yes, that's who will hate it. Real quick, final question. Favorite Star Wars game? Oh, Norris is going to hate me for this. Go. Star Wars Knights of Tiracasa. The fighting game. Shut up! The fighting! Game. It's, it's Tyr- so bad. I think it's Tyrkisai, but that's Whatever all right. Whatever it is. Norris. Uh, Rogue Squadron. Uh, uh, Rick, no, you're, you're right. I changed Rick, Rogue Squadron. Same Rogue Squadron or the PC version of KOTOR. Ooh. Oh, good call. KOTOR is good. It's got to be either Dark Alliance for me or... Jedi Outcast. No, I wasn't. No. Uh, Pod Racing. SNES. Star Wars classics, the 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 oh the, the three uh, yes the super trilogy. super Star Wars yes exactly yeah. super Star Wars that's the one. Listen, we want to hear from you. How excited are you for Star Wars? Woo! Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to try to decide our games of the decade. Plus, we ask our social media followers what the worst luck you've ever had in video games is. But ahead now. Next, we have to continue talking about Star Wars because Fortnite has done an amazing Star Wars activation to celebrate the rise of Skywalker. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. Ready, set, go. Welcome into Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Star Wars in Fortnite? I must be dreaming. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the Sports Hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com, and while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind-the-scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code so sign up today at CheckpointXP.com. You got Fortnite in my Star Wars. <laughs> no, you got Star Wars in my Fortnite. That's what happened over the weekend as there was a massive promotional campaign that happened in the world of Fortnite for Star Wars. And I, I listen, I had to check this out. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Maybe you not. You logged into a Fortnite account? I did not. No, <laughs> I watched it on Twitch. I, I, so you just bootlegged it, basically. Kind of, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And it's a good thing that I didn't try 
try to get in because I would have been frustrated. Those servers were slammed. Oh, I don't doubt All it. kinds of streamers were not able to get in. In fact, they actually delayed the premiere of the actual trailer in the game by 10 minutes because servers were so congested. Oh, well, that was nice of them, at least. It was nice, right? Like, you got to do something. But, I mean, when... when when J.J. Abrams calls Dr. Lupo 10 minutes before the event is supposed to start and then Dr. Lupo can't get in, not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. You can't do that. You can't have that. So here's what ended up happening. It wasn't just, oh, a screen comes up and you see the scene. No, it was incredibly interactive. You had Jeff Keeley there, which I, I guess he wasn't doing anything after he was done hosting the Game Awards. So they were like, yeah, we could get Jeff Keeley. Jeff hang out. Right. So you could you could hear in their microphones that they were live, right? Like you could kind of hear some of the background noise and stuff. So you could tell that this wasn't just like a pre-recorded stunt. And they had Jeff Keeley actually in the game with an avatar uh, and J.J. Abrams had his own avatar. His own avatar. His own avatar. With super skinny jeans by the way. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then there was like, I don't know if this was like, I don't the guy who plays Poe Dameron or something, but there was a third guy who they wouldn't name who it was who kept claiming, yeah, I'm in the movie. A storm, he was a stormtrooper. He was, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a stormtrooper. So they had everyone come out and, uh, you know, digitally in the world of Fortnite, kind of, you know, hey, give us your favorite emotes or uh, vote for the scene. And then they ended up playing the actual scene itself. Drop your weapons. It's okay that we're here. It's okay that you're here. It's good. Did she do that to us? Oh! I was unbelievable. Oh, boy. I was in that scene. I was was the one that fell down and said, oops, my knees hurt. That was me. I hope you kept my audio. Some of your finest work. Well, uh, all you folks, uh, Demise, we see Lupo. Show us your favorite emote about what you thought of that scene from The Rise of Skywalker. So incredibly, incredibly interactive. They had different pads that you could stand on to vote for your favorite lightsaber color or which scene you were going to see. So interestingly, though, there was one pad had in there that was Darth Jar Jar. And yeah. I imagine I if everybody would have stood on that one. Exactly. Mm. Would we have seen the Darth Jar Jar I wouldn't scene? be surprised if most people did stand on the Darth Jar Jar <laughs> But you're right. The activation was amazing. And, and afterwards and before, the Millennium Falcon oh, was flying yeah. around. Dog fights they were having. Yeah. That was so cool. It was having dog fights with TIE fighters and stuff all throughout the game world. It was really, really amazing. It probably is their best activation that they've had so far and then afterwards you got to slash people with lightsabers exactly like after the thing is said and done they gave you a nice real uh, a real nice go home present which was a lightsaber of uh, you know uh, uh, whatever color you voted for whatever color you voted for so uh, I thought that was a real nice uh, uh, twist in addition to to everything that they did for that activation incredibly smart on the part of Epic Games I love what they can do live inside their game environment. I think that that is, whether it was actually live or not, I couldn't tell. And the, uh, and credit to them. And credit to them tell. for that. Exactly. They did an amazing job. All right, you're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. And now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. 
On Checkpoint XP Radio. All right, well, we already heard about how Zach Weigel from Gamers Outreach has nailed it, and now it's time for Failed It. The Game Awards, as glamorous as they try to be, still have their own cringe moments, and unfortunately, they made our Failed It for this week. Coming out to introduce the new Fast and Furious Crossroads game, Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel reminisced about their days as gamers, but Michelle, for some reason, we don't believe you. Michelle, we are in our crowd. I know, man. Gamers! We have been gamers. We have been gamers forever. And we are at an award show of our people. Literally. Literally. Me and Vin used to just, like, literally spend all night playing, like, the Ken Fighter games or Street Fighter. To Ken, really? I hate that so much. (laughs) Really, Michelle? Literally? Are you? Okay. Anyway, uh, do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make a submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. All right, shifting topics now. Uh, I understand that Kotaku has put out a list of their most underrated games of the decade. That's right. This list actually comes courtesy of Heather Alexandra over at Kotaku. And there's actually a few on here that uh, I'm actually probably going to give a try now uh, uh, as a result of sort of them being put on my radar. But, uh, you know, I wanted to go through and see what you guys thought of some of these. See if maybe, you know, there's a few during 2020 that you might want to check out. All right. So the first one here is MAG. Oh, I remember MAG. You remember MAG? I do. do. This one went under my radar came out back in 2010 this may have been the game that paved the way for battle royale games as we know it it was one of the first large-scale shooters that had matches with up to 256 people in them yes and i remember the design of the weapons in particular was really good they pay a lot of attention to detail on the sound design it was a good game it just never got over the hump yeah and unfortunately i'm pretty sure that mag ended up shutting down so it's gonna be tough to go and uh, check that out as it was And, and you know what i i actually just looked it up really quick i I don't even remember the cover for this game. I knew nothing about it's it. because it was boring. The yeah. cover was boring. Well, I mean, the cover's really kind of like generic. Yeah. It sort of looks like your average Call of Duty. Yeah. But I would have been really interested in this. Alpha Protocol is another one that came in uh, from back in 2010. Uh, they said that the reason that this one is uh, included is it includes a dizzying array of choices that could affect the games in a way you'd never imagine. Uh, to the point where like NPCs would even comment on different shirts that you're wearing. And all bosses had like secret solutions to where you could like poison them beforehand to make it easier or even find ways to turn them into your allies. This is like what Deus Ex could have been, oh. right? And this was developed by Obsidian mm-hmm. back during oh. the days of like, you know, right around the time of like New Vegas and and kind of all of that. So, listen, I think that this had the pedigree to be a much bigger game than it was. It was the problem of not having a really, you know, powerful IP attached to it, I unfortunately. Agree. I agree. If this is is the next version of Deus Ex instead of Alpha Protocol? I think this is a much bigger game. Or if they was. had if they had tied like even System Shock to it, yep. this would have been amazing. But I think you're right. I think it floundered mostly because of the lack of an intellectual property with it. Uh, this next one is actually a big one that I agree with it. It's Dragon Age Two from 2011. I actually avoided this game for so long. I heard because it was of terrible. The way that people talked about it. Yeah, me yeah. too. But then I was going through like a Dragon Age phase and decided to play through all of them in a row. I loved 
Dragon Age 2. The characterization really? alone in this game. You liked it more than Awakenings? Away. Yeah. Really? Honestly, I did. I really did. I'm Ooh. sorry. You can't beat Claudia Black in uh, <laughs> Dragon Age Awakenings. Uh, she, I actually think she might have made a cameo in Dragon Age 2 as well. Yeah. Well, if that's it, it's just a very brief cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sleeping Dogs from 2012 also made yep. out of this list. I played yep. Sleeping Dogs and I liked what I played of it, but got Bored of it really quickly. No, nope. Sleeping Dogs is GTA with Kung Fu. Yes. And it oh. was so fun. Okay, I get why you like it. It was basically a fighting game in GTA. No, it was a beat em up. It was a beat em up. It was more of a beat em up. See, the reason I got annoyed with it was because I couldn't just go get a gun and win. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is, is you suck at games that require dexterity nah, and it wasn't therefore. GTA. <laughs> well, I just, I, listen, I think that it shares more in common with the Yakuza series than it necessarily does with GTA. If Yakuza was pure open world, you basically it's have sleeping, dogs, sleeping yeah. dogs. No, you're right. Uh, I was actually surprised to see an Assassin's Creed game on here, especially because this one... Uh, uh, I bet uh, you it's Freedom Cry. It is Freedom Cry. <laughs> yep. yep, it is. I've actually never heard of this one. It came out after Black Flag. Is that right? Yes. yes. And Freedom Cry that is was the, the first one I didn't play. Freedom Cry is the best thing that Black Flag had to offer. You play it as uh, the main character's first mate. And he ends up uh, going around essentially freeing slaves throughout the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, it was really cool. It was the second time he plays a black protagonist. So you know me. I was all over. <laughs> what was the uh, PS Vita Assassin's Creed game? Liberation. Liberation. Yes. That was one of my The first ulti- time you got to play as a black protagonist. A black woman. Yes. yes. I-, I love that game. That was one of my favorite uh, 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 Assassin's Creed games. Uh, another interesting one on here. Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen. Get out. All right. Now here's the thing. I I've actually heard a lot of good things about the second and the third one, but the problem is you got to play the first one and know what's going on, and nobody wants to finish no that game. No one wants to play that game <laughs> at all. All right, we got time for one more. Watch Dogs 2 really? from 2016. See, I, I understand, again, Watch Dog is a game that has a lot of great ideas, a lot of cool systems involved. I'm looking forward a little bit to the newest version of it, but Watch Dogs is just a, it seems like a series around when the second one came out that it was out of ideas. Listen, we want to hear from you. What are some of your underrated games of the decade? And speaking of which, coming up next, we're actually going to talk about our top games of the decade. Uh, Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Like I said, ahead next, we're going to break down our own games of the decade. I think we can come up with a better list than Kotaku. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. You've heard our selections for Game of the Year, but we're also running up at, on the end of a decade, so we gotta gotta argue about which games constitute the best games of the decade you're listening to checkpoint xp esports and gaming radio want to thank everyone listening on cbs sports radio 1300 in baltimore as well as wcbt 1230 in roanoke rapids north carolina for all the latest in college esports make sure you check out checkpoint xp on campus our own norris howard hosts alongside jacob brothers and daniel agbuya from the university of las vegas they bring you all the latest stories in collegiate esports from a perspective of the students who live and breathe it. Check it out over on our website, CheckpointXP.com or look for Checkpoint XP on campus, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Like I said, you heard our contenders for this year's game of the year, but we're coming up on the end of the decade, so we got to talk about what games constitute your games of this decade. So from 2010 to 2019, what were the best games that were released? We have a couple of them uh, that that we're we're ready to argue here, and I want to start with Robbie. Robbie, what are you, what's one of your picks for uh, the game of the decade? I think probably the easiest one to put on that list would be Overwatch. You know, it's not too often that we see brand new games break into the esports scene the way that they did, make the changes that they did, and also influence sort of the direction of the industry in some cases as flawlessly as they and have. See, I think that's where the real sort of strength of Overwatch as a game of the decade contender comes from. I don't think it's necessarily because of the gameplay itself, which is still quite amazing mm-hmm. and fun. But I think what, you know, ActaBlizz has done with Overwatch as an eSport is sort of its idea of home and away and geolocation and all this stuff and franchising. It really has pushed that whole industry forward. And I think that's where its true value as a game of the decade I think that's what what you look for in a game of the decade is how has this game influenced the industry and those around it. Now, and and that that can be difficult with games that have maybe just came out this year. Exactly. Or last year, yes. it's t- it's mm-hmm. tough to see what their long lasting impact is going to end up being. But I think you're right, Robbie. I think ever since the release of Overwatch, we've seen the kind of impact that it's making and continues to make. Right? Like even what four or five years out from its release, it's still changing the esports industry. And I think the, you know that's really hard to rebut. Uh, Rick, why, why don't you throw one of your picks out here? Uh. I really like Mario games. You can judge me on this. I think Mario Galaxy 2 really kind of brought Nintendo back for a while. Some people might argue Mario Odyssey, which was out on the Switch, which was a huge tentpole game. But, dude, Galaxy was the epitome of like what I wished Mario 64 was. Dude, really? I hate Mario games. I think they're boring. I think they're pedantic. I think they're just child, colorful, acid trip mess. <laughs> Like I just don't like Mario games. I, I, I don't let, like them. Let me ask you one question about Mario Galaxy Two because what I hated about the first one is there was no like way to like do like two player unless you wanted to be a little star that went around grabbing stuff. <laughs> Did they fix that in the second one? No. All right, you but, know what? You're wrong then. You're, you're not. Wrong. This is not a good. This is not a good entry. All right, Norris. What about you? Lose. Ouch. Uh, for me, I definitely got to put out there, um, and you guys will look at me very strangely. I'm gonna say Final Fantasy 14. I am gonna look at you strangely. Here's why. Here's why I'm gonna put that out there. First of all, it's a MMO from a company that had previously tried a MMO, multi, uh, massive multiplayer online game, and they got it wrong. And for them to go back and redo it, one of the they first got it times, right first. They with, got it, with Final Fantasy XI. They got, no, they got it right. Put out fourteen, got it wrong, and had to do it again. So they redid it and put out a game that has a fairly strong player base. I'm not going to say it's mind blowing like they say it, but I will say that it's taken advantage of this IP and created one of the more solid player bases in MMOs right now. And on top of that, they're an enthusiastic player base that's paying subs in a time where free-to-play is rampant. All right. So to get people to pay money for a game, however personally we may feel about it, I still think is an achievement in and of itself. If, All right, if fair World point. of Warcraft wasn't already doing each of those things, I'd maybe agree with you. But fair point. 
fair point. I will I will uh, concede on that point. Uh, for me, I got to throw this one out there because it it is one of the best games maybe ever made, even though it was fundamentally incomplete. And that's got to be Metal Gear Solid Five. It didn't get its final chapter. It didn't get to see the full vision of Hideo Kojima. But what was there was the best Metal Gear Solid experience out of all of the games. I love that game dearly. Uh, I just wish that David Hayter had played Snake. That's all. That's all. That's my one big change. Finish the end and David Hayter playing Snake. You're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. We're currently going through some of our picks of the top games of the decade from 2010 to 2019. Now, I want to get another round of picks out there, but we've got a little bit less time. So, Robbie, what's your second pick? The Last of Us. Oh, good, very good. That's a great, very game. good. The narrative punch that 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 game delivered, and 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 the way that people are looking at the 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 sequel that's coming, the expectations behind it, they're about to cement a true legacy. In Bruh, gaming. Uncharted wish it could be the last. <laughs> that's how I feel. You're not um, wrong, Rick. Redeem yourself, please. Witcher three. Yes. All right. I will agree with this. Fine. One of the best games uh, to come out in the last five years. Uh, it has hit almost every single platform. If it wasn't for The Witcher 3, I don't think we see The Witcher Netflix. Correct. Oh, I no. agree. Easily. I totally agree. Norris? I got to put it out there, the Red, Red, the Red Dead Redemption series, flat out. I think it is the pinnacle of what Rockstar has been able to do artistically, even though uh, GTA 5 has made more money and it has more of a player base. I think Red Dead is a game for people who love that era, who love Westerns, who love the West and love sort of that feeling of Americana and the attention to detail and artistry that is put into that series, in my opinion, is second to none. All right, fair enough. I will give you that. Though, does Red Dead Redemption 1 count? Yes, it was. Okay, just barely made it in. Uh, All right, so for my second pick, I'm going to throw something kind of contentious out there. Uh A lot of people are going to disagree with this. Uh But the the game that I have plugged the most time into in the last two years, Fallout 76. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, yes, this game has received a lot of very fair criticism and then some very unfair criticism. I do think that this game with Wastelanders and continued DLC and continued support, but the right type of support from Bethesda, I will caveat it there. uh, I do think that this could turn into one of the best games. This ain't the most potentially best games of the decade It's the games of the decade, man. I can't. This is this is my show. I get to interpret the, the questions the way that I want to. To Nate's credit, we have had games like this in the past, but never a AAA developer, and there was going to be some stumbling that happens, and Bethesda is now going to pave the way for other developers to come into this space and start doing some truly magnificent yeah. things. I agree with this 100%, and, and listen, I think that that game got a really bad rap, but I am willing to go to the mat for it. I do think that the underpinnings has a great game when it works. When it works, it works phenomenally. All right, well, listen, we want to hear from you. The answer's really Fortnite. It, <laughs> you're right. 
I mean, deep down in my heart, I know that you're right, Norris. I'm not happy about it, but I know that you're right. We want to hear from you. What are your nominees for Game of the Decade? And remember, that's got to be from 2010 to 2019. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. This is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date Calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are currently on break, but they'll be back in early 2020. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while the Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. Wrapping up the esports year will be Epicenter 2019 in Moscow. That'll be running from December 17th through the 22nd. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with DreamHack League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. Battle Royales are actually on an extended holiday break. They'll be returning to action with DreamHack Anaheim. That starts in mid-February. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville and ESPN Radio 99.3 FM in Fort Myers, Florida. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, along with our contests. We have had a really sweet contest running on our website checkpointxp.com to win a respawn gaming chair all you had to do was come and tell us what your top picks of the year are and i understand we have those results of that poll yeah so we actually were having people vote on game of the year game of the decade team of the year best esports event and gaming personality of the year all right let's run down those categories coming in as the winner of game of the year the outer worlds oh really sad I don't know. Opinion. I don't know about that, listeners. I, don't, I just don't know. <laughs> the fans have spoken. Game of the decade: Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. That one. Uh, you know what? The that's decade. Games. The decade. The decade. That's games. No, it doesn't. I, it unseated nope. melee. That who cannot... remained there for over a decade. Exactly. <laughs> that can't be understated. I mm-hmm. think that I, you know what? That one's. Fa- it's not an immediate throw it out with the bathwater. Team of the year. This is the largest margin of winning. Okay. Team Liquid. I agree Agreed. with this. All right. A- yeah. Liquid had a dynamite year this year. Best esports event: Overwatch League Finals. Ooh, yeah. Really? We got a lot of Overwatch Ooh, fans. Some OW fans. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that Worlds didn't take that. And Robbie is going to be pleased with this. Gaming Personality of the Year. Golden Boy. That's right. Golden Boy. I agree with that. It is his year. He's had a dynamite year between uh, all of this different stuff that he's been doing in esports as well as commentating for AEW, dipping his toe into wrestling. Man, he has had an excellent year. Well, thank you, all of you who responded to uh, all of our questions over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. But now it's time to crown our winner. Hello? Hey, is this Omar? Yes. Omar, man, this is uh, Nate Bender from Checkpoint XP. How you doing today? Oh, I'm great, bro. How you doing? 
I am fantastic. So you are one of our finalists for our Respawn Gaming Chair giveaway. Let me ask you a question, man. Why do you yeah. why do you need a gaming chair? Well, actually, there's several reasons why I need a gaming chair. Um, I currently have one. A bunch of my friends had actually put together so I could get a gaming chair because the chair I used to have before broke. But it turns out this chair is um, like a week after one of the arms broke on the chair and then... Like a month later, the other arm broke, and I I played long, long, long hours of gaming, and I stream as well. And sometimes I suffer from lower back pain, and that's one of the major issues. If I can't game, I can't stream. Well, man, that uh, that does seem like a pretty good reason to need a gaming chair. Uh, are you sitting down right now? Uh, yes. All right, good. I'm glad you're sitting because I need you to stand up and kick your old chair in the face because you are the winner of Checkpoint Respawn Gaming Chair Contest. Oh, you guys are serious, right? Yes, yeah. Dude, you are getting a Respawn Gaming Chair from Checkpoint XP, man. How does that make you feel? Oh, dude. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, wow, bro. Bro. Oh, dude, we are. Thank you so much. We, I, I, I don't know what to say. Just thank you. We are thank so you. happy to hook you up with this for the holidays, man. Real quick before we let you go, let everyone know who the best radio show for esports and video games is. Dude, Checkpoint XP, baby. Thank you, Omar, man. Congratulations. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> Man, congratulations to Omar for winning our Respawn Gaming Chair. We've got all types of giveaways available over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. If there's not one up there right now, check back all the time. We've got exciting giveaways. Also, make sure you follow us on uh, social media. That's CheckpointXP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. We'll be letting you know about uh, contests through all of our social media pages, but you can also respond to our weekly social media question. This This week, we were asking you, because we put this question out on Friday the 13th, what the worst luck you've ever had in a video game is, and we're going to get to your responses in just a sec, but Norris, i got to know from you, what's the worst luck you've ever had in a game? Uh, I mean, there was the time I went on a a 25-game losing streak in Street Fighter 4. Ouch. and, And dropped from, I believe it was gold to, like, Silver. How do you like, just not? How do you just like just not stop playing? Again, you know, you do stop playing, and then you come back, and you still suck. <laughs> That's what you it suck is. worse because yeah. people have gotten better. But I bounce back. I bounce back. Good for you, Robbie. What's your uh, worst? Luck? Well, recently I actually placed the highest I ever have in Overwatch at oh. twenty three ninety nine, which Congrats. is solidly gold. That's Congratulations! Right. One hundred and one away from platinum. Oh yeah, and then proceeded to drop two hundred and fifty SRs. I lost like eight straight. Yikes. That one's still fresh. Rick, what about you? Worst luck in gaming ever. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. There is a a certain place where you can literally save before a major battle. And if you save and then go in, it's an unwinnable battle. If you're not leveled properly. So I lost... 35 hours of actual progression, oh. having to restart the entire game. Oh. Thanks, JRPGs. 
Dude, JRPGs can be the worst for this. I, there's a couple of games that that has happened to me, too, yeah. where I've been like, oh, I should go farm for this item, and then four hours later, something crashes and I haven't saved. So uh, I can't think of anything specific, but that uh, it, it, it has happened to me you've, quite a bit. You've missed some uh, camped, you know, like items in 11. For, uh, for like Fantasy online 11. games? Yes. Oh, absolutely. There have been some uh, horrible, horrible luck that way. Uh, you're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. Let's get to our social media responses. So uh, Jorge says, I saved in Tomb Raider 2 just milliseconds before getting killed. Level was the Opera House just before the end. So that means every time he loaded up that game, he would just immediately <laughs> die. Oh, no. Which means he'd be starting over again, too. That's a terrible existence. That's what a, a metaphor. What a horrible, <laughs> infinite loop. Uh, Jean-Paul says, I pre-ordered No Man's Sky. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm right there with you, buddy. Oh, no. Uh, Steve over on Twitter says Dark Souls, or Dark Souls, just all of it. Just That's Dark Souls. fair. That's fair. That game is uh, very, very punishing. Oh, Ashton here is going to make both me and you feel a lot better. Uh, uh, Norris. He says, recently I got caught in a total free fall in Overwatch due to a lot of bad, bad, bad luck. 800 SR loss. Not Whoa! possible. That is not possible. All right. Pro I'm pretty tip. sure they'll just put bots in the game at that point. <laughs> Pro tip. When you get to the point where you're about to drop to another tier, stop playing and wait till the next season. Yep. That's what you do. That's, yeah, that's what, do. Th- that's what most people end up doing. But I feel like there's sort of like the gambler's fallacy oh. there where you're like, the next one, I'm going to be able to turn it around. Next one, I'm going to be able to turn but it around. 800? No, apparently not. Kenneth says, I once made it about 35 hours into Morrowind and only had the one save file and saved at a point. What? Every time I would load in. I would get one shot. That was your first mistake. You should never have just one save file in any Elder Scrolls. Why? In any Bethesda game ever. Bethesda is infamous for corrupting their own save files. Don't do that. Oh, here's a really good one from George on Facebook. I remember being like 2% from completing the castle in Symphony of the Night, and I accidentally saved over the file with a new game. Wonk! What were you starting a new game for? Yo, just finish the two percent. Oh my god! One more. Oh, one more. Enyo on Twitter says literally ninety five percent of every Overwatch match I ever play, and <laughs> I feel that one in my oh, soul. I'm so sorry for you. That sounds like bad teammates. in my soul. That that's all Overwatch is. <laughs> all all right, we're gonna have to leave it right there. But make sure you follow us over on social media so that you can make your voice heard on next week and every week's social media question. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore X. XP on Instagram and make sure to use the hashtag XP on air. Thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles in the Checkpoint XP podcast, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Of course, make note of when you're catching us on your local radio stations like WXSM Tri-Cities Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew, lead segment Producing by Norris Howard. Producing and booking help from Chad Callahan. Extraterrestrial Explorer Weirdbeard. And of course, my co-host who pulled double... And of course, my co-host, Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's Ed Bender. Keep listening.